Heaven High. Heaven High, welcome to Rum Doings, episode 226. You can mail us at podcast at rumdoings.com, as somebody did. And, and jo- Yes, they did, and you ignored him completely. Oh, he asked, my answer to his email is no. No, I, that didn't happen. Okay. And the second way you can contact us is using the Twitter handle at rumdoings. You won't. You won't. Now, the topic today is, with recent improvements in AstroTurf, is the writing on the wall for the traditional British lawn? Good. You know that... uh, Brexit means Brexit, Nicholas! Did you know that Robert Morgan has an AstroTurf lawn? Genuinely. No. He does. He's got children, that would be too cruel. He replaced his back garden... With an astro with astroturf, is he? Is I'm he, not joking. Is he the literal reincarnation of Hitler? <laughs> That's true. We're, gonna, we're we're skirting very close to discussing the topic, but we're not going. We will not say whether it is a genuine threat to the Great British Lawn. I'm just saying that no. Robert Morgan. Robert done Morgan it. is a, is a genuine threat to the Great British. Brexit means Brexit. Brexit means Brexit means Brexit means Brexit. Isn't it lovely how somebody, uh, a group of people who claimed that the reason we wanted Brexit was to mm-hmm. bring back our democracy and our sovereignty. 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 Sovereignty being parliamentary sovereignty in this country uh, is then invited to agree that parliament must have no say in it because that's the sovereign body. That's right. <laughs> yes. Let me bring up yesterday's story. It's all old news now that we're triggering Brexit. Yeah, in March. That'll be good. So People uh, get very cross when you... Uh, Philip Pullman gets very cross when you pronounce it Brexit with a G. Breg. Breg. He doesn't like that at all. Is it? Uh, Article 50 by the end of March. But, but John... Yes, Nick? Uh, all those naysayers, I don't notice anything particularly bad. The sun's still shining. I can go to the supermarket. <laughs> at the pound. My pound coins haven't melted or anything. Shut your moaning mouth. My pound's still worth a pound. <laughs> still got pa- one pound written right on it. The pound in your pocket, to coin a phrase. Such a Ramona. <laughs> it's crazy. Have you seen the Office of National Statistics? You won't believe this. Mm-hmm. They've said that the Brexit that hasn't happened yet has yet to have any significant effect. Really? Yes. The thing that hasn't yet happened. The front page news story for you there. You could mm. set, take that to your express. It'll be interesting to see what the news stories will be in March and Can April. you describe your feelings in the morning when you're waiting for your copy of the Daily Express to be popped through your letterbox? <laughs> Tumescence. I know that that's... I know you subscribe to a couple of papers. <laughs> the Morning Star and the Daily Express. <laughs> to get both perspectives. Imagine a household who did that. <laughs> Imagine the person who thinks these are the two papers that really speak to me. But isn't that basically the BBC? <laughs> yes, you're right. But balance right wing commies. That would be a balanced household. <laughs> yes. There you go. So yeah, um it's it's kind of grim because I suppose what Theresa May has has and her a lot of thinky thinky brain people have sat down and figured out over the last couple of months yes is that the delusion of there being an immigration problem is more important than access to the single market that's really disturbing so may is not may is a terrible terrible human being 
Um, she's awful at being a human being. Mm-hmm. Very often you'll see, if you watch carefully, you'll see her eye, her eyelid, third eyelid flicking sideways. Yes. She's very poor at being a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, she isn't so stupid mm-hmm. as to think that there is an immigration problem. She knows there isn't. Yes. Um, she's also not so stupid as to think that being out of the single market would be problematic. Mm. However, even so, even with all that information, may, uh, 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 playing along with the pantomime has been perceived by her think brain teams yes. as more important. Of course. My question for you is... Well, no, you're right. We basically capitulated to the Farage wing. Yes. Farage has won completely unambiguously and without exception here. It has been decided that the racists will take it. Yes. And all economic and political reality be damned because I suspect... She has two things on her mind. She knows that uh, she wants to bed in for 2020, and she and although she thinks she can rely on Corbyn, she wants to be sure, mm-hmm. and this will help her do that. The second, uh, and I'll tell you why in a moment, this will help her do that. The second uh, important thing is that she has in her mind things like the countryside alliance marches, Right. In London. I think she doesn't want anything like that to happen on her watch. So she will capitulate to the nasty party as best she can, to to call it a phrase. And the reason why I also think that she thinks it's important politically is she knows that there is going to be an economic disaster. Right. Whatever she does, you know, whether we fudged a remain inside the... um, market or not there will be economic hell to pay because we have created a huge amount of turbulence to get nothing at all of value at the end we at very best we'll have a hodgepodge of something similar to what we've got at the moment but without any control but we've now decided we don't want that the reason we decide we don't want that i think is that she can at least say look i've stopped the foreigner and okay, we're going through a few economic tough problems at the moment. But this but is I've the price gi- we pay. I- I've given you your quid pro quo. There's your pound of brown flesh. Enjoy <laughs> chomping on it. Well, because it's the only food you're going to get. And I think that's it. Because her alternative was to stick the ra- you know, stab the racists, Faragists in the back. Mm-hmm. and then try and get a hodgepodge. I think that would have been the worst of all worlds because we aren't going to get out of this without a lot of injury anyway, so she might as well throw some limbs to the racists to chew on while all hell breaks <laughs> loose. I, think, I, I genuinely think that's basically what this is about. And it's interesting, if you look at all those levers who were pretending to mainstream their ideas. People like, for example, Boris Johnson. There's a piece that he wrote just days before and indeed the day after the vote saying, of course we'll remain in the market. Yes, yes, of course, absolutely. Everyone was maintaining that at the time. And now suddenly we've all been spunked out of uh, Farage's wettest dream. But why, 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 why? I've just said because I, I think they've realised the political reality is we're screwed, whatever we do. Yeah. And therefore, uh, let's just um, 
let's just give the race, let's at least give the races something to try and keep them quiet. Because and actually, this is an easier thing to do. It's easier. It would be much more difficult to try to work out a fudge and keep us somehow keep us in the market and have to uh, make these constant interminable uh, negotiations with lots of different countries and the EU and so on. Isn't it easier just to say, screw you guys, I'm going home. Wouldn't that be, isn't that easier? It's easier, but... Well, that's what we're doing. No, but I understand, but it's the, it's again, it's the, 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 the brain, the brainy people have said do this. So yes. are they just saying, let's sacrifice a bit more future for yes. the sake of a, a, an easy ride? Because that yes. seems, that yes. seems a bit too simplistic, doesn't it? No, no, that's, that's politics. <laughs> no, no, it's rush. That's rational politics. Yeah, no, you're right. You're saying you know what they are looking. Uh, remember, this whole vote, this crazy uh, referendum, was only to deal with a small, uh, me- short to medium term uh, political problem rebellion. that David Cameron had. Yeah, yeah. It was just he. He just wanted to quell the rebellion from his back yes. benches, right? Yeah. And Boris Johnson. The only reason he quote supported quote leave was it was a, meant to be a little tactical ruse mm-hmm. so what so people never assume that their chickens will come home to roost they think that their their short-term little plans they, they're constantly thinking half a half a parliamentary term ahead i think right and to ask them to do anything else is it, it's not going to happen it's a bit like uh the way modern businesses plan things and they just plan things they they plan for the next couple of quarters so that the shareholders are happy with the next couple of quarters. And I don't think this is any different, and I don't think we should expect any different. So nobody has any idea what the what state this country will be in in 2025. And more importantly, nobody cares to attempt to influence what it will be. Another fascinating thing is uh, they've completely capitulated uh, to what was effectively Ed Balls's plan, but beyond Ed Balls's plan, and uh, that they've said, oh, screw it. We're just going to borrow lots more money now. Yes, we don't that, care about fiscal amazing. privacy. Who cares? They're doing they're doing what Saatchi and Saatchi did as a parody of the worst thing that Red Ed would do. And now they're just doing it because it's fine. Why not? So it, it the fact that, you know, Hammond's announcements this morning that yeah. they're going to borrow to get out of trouble. And, they, and, it, and but as recently as last week, they were mocking Corbyn for yeah. saying this. No, no. Not only borrow to get out of trouble. Indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Indefinitely. At least uh, Ed Miliband and Corbyn pretended that there was going to be an end date. The right. Tories are now just saying, what the <laughs> heck? Let's just see. Let's, let's just see what happens, shall we? <laughs> but brilliantly, without ending austerity at the same time. Well, yes, of course. That's clever. It's clever thinking. It's almost as if that wasn't the point of austerity. <laughs> It's amazing how you've had, you've effectively had almost a decade's worth of Tory rhetoric. And that's just, the little touch papers just burnt in one afternoon. And that's all gone. It was just a dream. Scattered driftwood on the beach. George Osborne wandering, kicking sand, staring out at the tide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's okay, isn't it? That's all good news. But it's, at that point, you realise, you look at Jessica, you look at Judith, you look at Toby, and you realise that's that's politics. That's politics. That that toddlerish 
immediate visceral reaction is politics. Have a look at toddlers and young children playing and arguing. There is nothing more to politics than that. It's it's a sophisticated garb put on that. And when you look at it that way, then you stop being so puzzled by it. It there. So people will often look at the House of Commons and they'll look at Prime Minister's question and say, oh, mm. that's so childish. That doesn't paint a good picture of our politics. We should do. No, no. That paints the most honest <laughs> picture of what is at the visceral heart of politics. That's politics being honest. The big boy suit and ties, uh, let's pretend that we're planning for any sort of long-term uh, rational future. That's the lie. The truth is shouting at each other in Prime Minister's questions. Uh, so that's where we are. It's where your country has decided it wants to be. And I feel worse about it now than I did the day after Brexit vote. Because... There was a possibility that there would be a sudden shocked rational awakening. And all that's happened is that we're taking our ball and we're running away. And we're going, la, 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 don't care, not playing. And that means... I think there was, on on, on, uh, Black Thursday or whatever, Friday or whatever it was. Yes. Um there was at least the belief that everyone was like, well, they won't actually do it, though, will Mm. they? Um, yeah, which was hilariously Owen Smith's entire campaign for the Labour 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 leadership. Yes. Well, we yeah. won't really do it. <laughs> yeah, still at least Jeremy's got what he wants. Well, there wasn't really much choice when the world's wettest sock was competing against him. Yeah, well, Jer- 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 well, Jeremy's got what he wants in every way. He's he's getting Brexit, which he wanted. Yep. Um, he's got his cult back for the next infinite. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, so uh, well, at least we've got a really strong opposition to deal with all this nonsense. Now. <laughs> Did you see yesterday at the there was an anti-Tory march and there was a, a Labour MP there and he got attacked by momentum? <laughs> of course. <laughs> they've, well, really, they've really figured it out. <laughs> they're the enemy. Yeah, exactly. Momentum. Even the name of it is just—it's—it's mm. it's like something you'd—it's like something that Russell T. Davis no, it's, would it's make worth, up. It's—it's what—it's—it's. Uh, it's, I was going to say it's the team, a uh, team name an apprentice team would come up with, but oh, yes. actually it's not. It's the name uh, a, a GCSE group um, doing a business project, business yes. studies project would come up with. <laughs> yes, it's true. Momentum. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm glad I was looking at all the Labour Party and Momentum people who were supporting Jackie Walker and saying all these oh, evil Zionists are trying to get rid of her. Let's remind ourselves about uh, this woman is the woman who said that uh, the Jews were responsible for pretty much all slavery. Well, no, she slave- didn't. She said that the Jews are responsible for the salt and sugar slavery in, in Africa. No, pretty much all of it. That's not what she said. She said that particular slavery. No, pretty much all of it. She she then went on to I say, read the including include. I read I read her subsequent quotes. We were talking about plantation slavery as well, which is even cleverer. Then she went on uh, 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 about um, whining about the the Holocaust, saying you or all or saying all Holocausts matter. Oh, indeed, all Holocausts matter. Yeah, uh, uh, and then she went on whinging about Jewish power. And I don't see why somebody like that should be attacked so vehemently. Uh, if you, of course, if you s- 
swap out black or Muslim, nobody would, would complain. It's just these whinging yids constantly whining about things. Uh, it just so happens that she and her partner were some of Jeremy Corbyn's oldest friends, so I'm sure their attitudes don't rub off on him at all. Nick, you cut, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Because how can she be anti-Semitic? Because she is Jewish. Because she found some kike <laughs> in her long history. Yes, claim, I love that claim. Actually, well, no, I can't be racist because actually I'm I'm mysteriously I've, Jewish. I've suddenly decided. Yeah, so <laughs> and my shut husband is Jewish too, and yeah. all my friends. Yeah, so oi vey me, I can't be Jew- I can't be racist. <laughs> Oh, I love it when they pull that card. That's always it. Always amuses me, and also the notion that somebody who's a, a Jew can't be anti-Semitic is fascinating because they make some of the best ones. Because there's that whole uh, turmoil of internal repressed self-hatred and so on, which which comes out in the most spectacular way. If you don't believe me, look up the the neo-Nazi called Gilad Atzmon, who is a uh, who was a, an Israeli Jew and is now one of the foremost neo-Nazis in the world. You know, these Jews, they're very good at everything, including being anti-Semites. The, this is what I believe, that the Jews control anti-Semitism. They do. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just a Pulling card the that's strings. played. It doesn't actually exist anyway. That's true. And actually, I think you'll find that, it's, uh, that Jackie Walker is an anti-Zionist, not an anti Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's right. Anyway. She, she's never p- claimed to be an anti-Sudanist. No. Oh, no, what? Um, come on, they're only gassing kids in Sudan. It's not like, come it's on. Never, it's never come up that. She's never claimed to be no. an anti-Indonesianist. Nobody, nobody, no, no, that we don't mind those countries because they're just all crucifying, good. Just crucifying people. That's just crucifying people and gassing kids is yeah, fine if fair. you're not a hook-nosed kike. That's what I say. Yeah. Uh, that's the way it works. Yeah. Uh, it is extraordinary how we have a country that literally just gassed Hundreds of children and nobody cares. Nobody gives no, a damn. No. Nobody gives a damn. doesn't matter. It's fine. It's true. But that is quite extraordinary, actually. It's not even rhetorically extraordinary. Who? It's difficult to fathom how we've come to a time where that's barely commented on. Most people who are listening to this, the one listener, doesn't even know what we're talking about. Because who cares? Most of the listener doesn't. Yeah. There's a small part of the listener that remembers the word Sudan. Mm-hmm. But doesn't realise that uh, while we've been uh, going on about the Zayos, um, the Sudanese have been gassing their kids to a happy little death. That's nice. I'm going to any... do something that's never been attempted on a podcast before. Go on. I'm going to take drugs live on the podcast. What are you going to take? I'm going to see what happens, OK? OK, go on. See what effect these drugs have on me. I love drugs. What druggies are you, you going go. to take? Ease? Can you hear that? Yes. There we go. What is it? It's a very strong drug. Tism- okay. Tism- What's it called? It's called citalopram. What does it do? It's an SSRI. Those, those don't work, you know. Mm. Ah, now hi. you're happy. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? How's it going you, there? How are you doing? You feeling happy now? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you want I to read me. some of our questions? I love me some drugs. Yes. Do you want to read some questions? Um, okay. Somebody sent them in. Some, the, the, the listener has sent in questions. Okay. Running around wearing different hats and fake beards. Okay. Uh, I've, you made me scroll back so far, it's all gone wrong. <sighs> Ugh. 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 What's your thoughts on Patreon? Seems close to Nick. 
ideal finance system. No, says James Day. Let me speak more generally about crowdfunding. I was the one who actually introduced the listener to Kickstarter many, many years ago on this podcast, on my monocast. Do you remember? Going on about your bloody headphones. No, well before that. It was oh, actually really? about M- Muse Open. Oh, of course, yes. And I introduced you all to Kickstarter. And I think I even said at the time, this is an interesting little experiment, but it's not going to be useful until the whole of society has adapted to this as the normalized way of funding products, art and culture. That hasn't nearly happened yet. It's going to take decades before that sort of economy beds in an organic way. And until then, all these services will be more or less successful, but will feel contrived and arch and at odds with the greater corporate economy. Uh, So that is not to say that these services do not have their utility. That's not to say that they will be completely useless, but it is to say that they won't have a profound effect on art or commerce in the way that I would hope until they are the norm rather than the cute ghetto exception. What's your opinion? Seems to be working okay. Yes, but no more than that. Because, I, as I said, I, I don't believe it's normalised. It's not. It's, it's, it's a tip jar. No, it's, no, well, Patreon is a tip jar. Kickstarter in video games is extremely normalised, to the point where it's routinely possible for big names to raise a couple of million dollars. Yeah, but I find Kickstarter... There's something about it that doesn't quite work for me, and I haven't put my finger on it completely, but it, 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 it seems to want to replicate too coherently the corporatist mindset it's a shortcut to the same effect if you see what i mean where kickstarter was interesting to me and the projects that are interesting to me are not simply those saying we can't be bothered to find traditional funders for the traditional product so we're going project so we're just going to ask lots more people to do it the ones i find interesting are where the whole outcome of the project is affected by using crowdfunding. Things like saying, we will release this via an open content license. Or if you want to fund us, you shouldn't care about having to monetize the final product. Where Where the end is in the release rather than in just being part of the business cycle, one initial part of the business cycle. Those are the things that interest me. So things like the Open Goldberg variations, Moose Open, things like that. Things like, oh, some some fat old, uh, I suppose, boomer now, adventure game programmer, can't be asked to go to a real venture capitalist, so lies to a few uh, bedroom saddos about the game he is going to make, but actually isn't. That I'm not that interested in. I've backed 37 things on Kickstarter. I, I've i taken a break from doing it now because I backed several things which uh, weren't sufficiently resultant. Well, that's silly. That means you made bad investments, not that Kickstarter is at fault. No, I didn't say Kickstarter is at fault. It means I shan't trust myself to make those investments oh, on enough. Kickstarter. And I'll wait to see how... But that's the thing. So what what I've learned is I'm not going to invest and I do not invest in things that are just there to create a product. 
that otherwise will come to market and could have come to market with a VC. I am more interested in investing in some bit of culture or some entity which would never otherwise come to pass and whose resulting context will be different because of crowdfunding, you know, cultural things like releasing the open, again, open Goldbergs into an open content license, that kind of thing. The, the thing I've noticed is I watch um, Shark Tank, the American equivalent of Dragon's Den. I thought Dragon's Den is the American equivalent of Dragon's Den. No, it's Shark Tank. The what? The thing that Trump was on a Shark Tank? No, that's The Apprentice, dear. I thought he was on something. I thought he was literally on <laughs> Dragon's Den as well. Up. Donald Trump presented The Apprentice and then lastly for many years The Celebrity, the celebrity Apprentice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Shark Tank is their version of Dragon's Den. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it is... Exactly as you would expect the American version of the British show mm. to be in as much as you watch Dragon's Den and it's it's a couple of ne'er-do-wells going on asking for £50,000 for 30% of their company. Yeah. Um, and in America, it is not ab- abnormal to hear someone saying they want uh, $1.2 million for 4% of their company. And have the people and have and the investors and laugh get, at and them. And by the way, get it. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's it is so dramatically more uh, ludicrous as a program. It's a, and it's a, just as obnoxious and awful. Um, except every single person who goes off and does a presentation is is fluid and 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 confident. There's none of this, uh, uh, you know, oh, the, yes. the, the Harry and Paul sweating awfulness. Um, it's uh, it's 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 much much more slick in all aspects. But what I've noticed comes up an awful lot is people who go on mention that they get a Kickstarter to get this project going. At Kickstarter or Indiegogo, they they've done one of them, and the yeah. the investors are always interested to hear that because they know it shows uh, consumer interest. Um, so that it seems to be the other way around. You go to Kickstarter before you go and start trying to get major investors. Yes. I think that you're I think that you're you're right but that then again shows how Kickstarter and Indiegogo are merely now seen as stepping stones mm. into oh, yeah. the banal corporate world. Well, then, I'm now, interested in of... them as stepping stones out of that world. I think that's yes. the difference. Have you heard of Fig? That's quite pithy. I like that. I shall trademark it. You should. Have you heard of Fig? Yes, it's it's a uh, flower that's often eaten as a fruit. That's true. Have you seen mm-hmm. how figs reproduce? It's revolting. It's perfectly lovely. Are you saying you hate God? Yes. Okay. I hate the God of figs. Yeah. Uh, it's a, uh, a, fun- a crowd funder do- created by a bunch of games developers and publishers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is you can use it like a Kickstarter. You can throw in your 30 bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can actually use it as an investor. So if you put more than $1,000 or more in, you mm-hmm. end up getting the equivalent of shares and a profit return on the sales of the game. Interesting, interesting. Is but it's only games, out. then. Sorry? It's only for games. So far, yes. I imagine if they, they've just managed to get properly accredited by the American finance doodah, so they're actually allowed to issue real shares in, um, in Psychonauts 2. Um, oh, by the way, as I've been saying for about a year now, um, Hillary will win, Trump has no chance. I'm glad everybody now agrees with me, finally good carry on so we haven't talked about patreon yeah so what do you know of patreon well patreon effectively somebody says i like to draw pictures i like to do blog postings i like to do x y and z can you give me a stipend every month to do it and here are what i will do in order to get my stipend i like patreon in that sense more than i like the other services absolutely and he's right but it's still not quite normalized i don't know this again for patreon to work it needs 
it needs a deeper soil in which to grow. At the moment, it's in, really a, it's in a little pot. It's it in really, a little pot just, on the windowsill. It really does seem to be modelled on that which funded the bark and so forth. Yes. Um, so it seems like a good model. Well, so I, I did say that, democratic patronage was my ideal. But yes. as I said, that needs to be grown in a very big flower bed, not in a little pot on the windowsill. And that's what Patreon is at the moment. At the moment. So I think implicit within the question is why do you refuse to do a rum doings Patreon? Because we don't need to. But we would be have even more money we could spend on treats. So what? what? That's just greedy. That's avarice. It's a mortal sin. I... <laughs> I didn't know you converted to Catholicism. I have. Congratulations. Bless you, my child. So... And by child, I mean child, because I'm now a Catholic. True. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the thing is, and I agree with you, we don't need the money. Um... A lot of time, people want to give money. We found this with when we started Rock Paper Shotgun. People got really cross with us because they couldn't pay us money. So we created a PayPal thing so they could give us money every month. Now we've got the supporter program because we thought, you know, better they actually get something out of it. Mm -hmm. um, so you can sign up for, I think it's $30 a year um, mm -hmm. or something like that, maybe 40 And you get a whole bunch of behind it. You get the extra post on the site every day and whole bunch of um, freebies and, and so including on. including a piece written by me a piece once. written by nicholas mailer esquire i did i in fact i've had two i've had one piece written by me and one piece interviewing me yes that's true. yes i mm. did interview you um mm. yeah so yeah and, and, that, and that seems and that was because of a demand that we do it people wanted to give money because they enjoyed getting this thing i think there is often that the tip jar is is sometimes a more selfless act than it appears what I would what I would say is this: I would be happy to allow that to happen, only if effectively this became actually then did become our day job, and we became commentators or whatever, yes, and yes. we started a whole media. We started our own. Um, we became Clark. Jesse Thorne, basically. My friend Toby met Jesse Thorne the other day. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> My friend, you mean child? No, it's a it's a human adult. Okay. Oh, and... before we move on, I've got a I've got a, a Toby joke to tell you. Are you ready? Toby's first joke. Go on. He's tw twenty three months old. This is his first joke. Go on. <laughs> Dada, right? Get it? Oh. Ready? Get it? Uh huh. Dada, eat mummy poo poo. <coughs> Not a... There's a difference between empiricism, uh, uh, empirical observation, and joke. Oh. He also he then added uh, last night, yesterday, I forget. Dada, eat. Bed poo poo, daddy eat door poo poo, daddy eat light poo poo. Well, you you can get treatment for your coprophilic behaviour. It's quite exciting watching his brain begin to deal with incongruity and uh -huh. the humour that arises from that. I've, that's brand new now. That's just emerging, and it's lovely. He yesterday he was telling Laura that everything on the walk to the park was the park and finding it hilarious to tell her that the wall was the park and the lamppost was the park and the bench was the park. And it <laughs> is, it's amazing. That's, his, you know, that's such an amazingly uniquely human development. Yes. To find joy in incongruity and not. Well, that's humor. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I'm very proud well, okay. of him for that. <laughs> and Nicky, Nicky, Victoria Poo Poo. <laughs> oh, that is funny, actually. It is quite yeah. funny, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, excellent. So your your adult Toby met the odd-looking Jesse Thorne. Mm -hmm. 
Anybody who's listened to any Maximum Fun podcast, including Judge John Hodgman and Bullseye and the rest of it, mm-hmm. uh, if you've never seen my brother, Jesse... My brother and me. No, I'm talking ones with Jesse Thorne. Oh, I see. He runs the Maximum Fun yes, po- buddy, podcasting. Buddy. If you haven't seen Jesse Thorne, but you've only heard him, type Jesse Thorne into your uh, Google at the moment, Google image search, and I think you'll be surprised. Why? I... I, I... I assumed he would be a hipster with I think a giant you'll be surpri- beard. I think you'll be surprised. He's a hipster with a giant beard. What were you expecting? Mm, I think you'll be <laughs> surprised. I don't think anyone's going to be surprised. I think they'll be horror surprised. Um, so, yes, if we turned, if we were able to create the whole Rum Doings media empire and yeah. collect lots of interesting people and, uh, and podcasts and so on, then yeah, I would do that. And indeed, we host, uh, Positive Hosts, uh, another organization that does just that, and that's, uh, Little Atoms. Oh, yes, of course. They, they've grown from a podcast to a kind of blog, and they've even launched a paper magazine now, and they're doing functions and seminars. I believe and that one of them sorts. listens to this podcast, doesn't he? Indeed. Yes. Indeed. And we're supposed, to be do- we're supposed to be doing a crossover oh, I'd love at some to. stage. It's be been really nice. arranged for three years now. Yeah, so, yeah. rubbish. We are rubbish. We're that terrible. Would be, that would be really nice. He, uh, do you know who was on Radio 3 doing his I know, we've, morning we've music? I completely failed to... We keep John Finnamore. Keep missing, don't we? Missing in the middle. John Finnamore. He's a really up for coming back on again, but we keep never managing to line up. <laughs> no, we're terrible. Oh, I know. You could imagine the famous people that could be on this crappy podcast if we could we just, just be bothered. bothered. Next question: <laughs> Is the rise of post-fact political positions in the UK and US due to the rise of the internet or any no. state of two-party politics? Neither. It's just the, it's you're, just... you're begging. You're begging the question that it was 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 never thus. Yeah, exactly. Which it was. I think it's just the it's just the current position of the pendulum swing. Yeah, and also the internet uh, helps one validate whether something is or is not fact. Whereas before, you would just have these pol- political sounds emanating into the ether, and you'd have to go to the reference library to look them up. So, quite the contrary, I think the internet is making it far easier to distill the BS from the reality. So stop your no, now show no, nonsense. Whoa, 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 whoa! It's making it far easier to spread the BS. The not really. The, the, no, that the, the uh, mighty few may bother to check doesn't mm. doesn't mean that the internet doesn't make it far easier to spread a lie. Nah, I don't think that's right. Actually, mm. I don't think that's correct. Uh, lies were perfectly easy to spread before and did spread very easily, and I think that it's very easy to refute that lie very quickly now. So there's a there's a kind of and the antidote is as strong as the poison, and thus it's a uh, zero-sum game. So, But I think that the power of being able to do fact-checking and being able to look something up so quickly, uh, on uh, literally in the palm of your hand, uh, is a radical difference. And that's why people are able to notice this now when they weren't able to notice it quite so vehemently before. It's the same argument by saying, oh, in the days of the Encyclopedia Britannica, oh, no, that thing was riddled with errors. You just It just had a leather cover and was static, so you didn't realise it. That's the end of that. Follow-up question. Also, which nuts are legit paleo? I keep being warned away from peanuts, but my BG response isn't too bad. Well, I found out the peanuts are fine because I can do maths. It depends what you mean. Hold on. There's, there's some confusion in this question. Paleo? Oh, uh, they're misusing paleo. They mean LTHF. No, 
Okay, well, if we're talking about Paleo, then pretty much any nut that was around in the Paleolithic era that would have been eaten in the volumes you eat it now would be Paleo. Bearing in mind what a pain in the shell it was actually to harvest nuts. Because if you think about, if you've ever tried to actually harvest any walnuts or things like that, they don't just come in a lovely, uh, unwrapped and lovely little cellophane bag. They're a real pain in the backside. Nuts also have been hybridized and so on. If so, let, let, let's, let's stop talking about play acting and let's talk about metabolic effects. If you want something that isn't going to spike a blood sugar response and isn't importantly going to spike an insulin response because that's often more significant and you can't measure it easily at home, then you're talking about a fat that has a higher content or a nut that has a higher content of fat, less carb or protein. That, in that respect, the king of the nuts, in my opinion, is macadamia. I adore macadamia nuts. That's and because my, they are the blandest of all nuts, and you love blandness they're, now. They're not bland at all. It's just that, as as we well know, you have no palate. They are. I have. Ex- Far you do not, John. You, you really and don't. Your super taste and nonsense must go now. Because I have a far you, better you, palate than you, and no, 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 no. Uh, you, you, unless something is as is as sweet as the core of the sun, if it were made of sugar, or is as bitter as your soul, you can't taste it. I can taste it. I said it's a bland taste. No, say, it's not. Say I can't. It's taste a delicious, it. subtle, a beautiful flavor. taste. No. The fact you use bland rather, I find them very fully flavoured. And the thing to do with them in particular is get not a salted macadamia, but an unsalted raw macadamia, put them in the freezer, freeze them, have a handful of macadamia nuts with a handful of unfrozen raspberries, and you'll be delighted. You won't. You'll be going, oh, I remember biscuits. That's what you'll actually be doing. I know, because you are an addict still, and you haven't been able to break out of your glycolytic uh, pathways yet. I'm sorry about that, but uh, I've tried to help you, and I give up now. I'm not in denial that nice-tasting things taste nice. No, 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 you're begging the question again, John. People who genuinely... uh, I know somebody who has eaten... Who has, who has eaten meat only for seven years for health reasons, because when she had vegetation in her diet, she had massive bipolar disorder and so on, and the moment she stopped doing it, at fixed so she eats only meat and uh, and i said well you did this because it, you found it necessary for your health but obviously you still crave all the things that you can't have anymore she said yes for several months that was correct but if you just eat meat for a year all that other stuff you stop craving i said no come on you're in denial no I uh, when I look at bread now, there is absolutely no desire to eat it at all. I said, "Okay, yeah, but you're just telling yourself that." Said, no, come in my shoes and then tell me I'm saying that. Bread, because I can understand it's not because your like- chemical, your body, your body changes. You when when you say, "Oh, I've got to absolutely have that that, that piece of bread. I've got to have those pieces." You, you're begging the question. You're saying it's it it is so attractive because it's so attractive. No, uh, that's not interesting. It's because your body desires it. Completely. No. If your body stops desiring it, then you won't desire it. If you have no. gastric flu, John, you suddenly won't want to eat lots of biscuits. Will you? I will still enjoy the taste of the biscuit in my mouth. Really? Uh, yes, when of I've course. heard, when I no, absolutely not. Won't change you. Imbecile. No, ab- absolutely incorrect. When I've had <sighs> things like gastric flu and so on, the notion of of putting 
the most delicious thing in my mouth makes me feel ill because my body doesn't want me to put those things in my mouth. My body is very easy. It's very easy to turn on and off the repulsion attraction uh, messages. That's that's completely under hormonal control. If you have eaten till you're completely and totally stuffed such that another bite of anything is going to make you puke, you won't want to eat it anymore. I wish I could feel that way. Well, the fact that you can't means that you are profoundly leptin resistant. And that's sad. Martin Coxall had the same problem. He said, I've genuinely never properly felt full or satiated in the way that other people have described it. It was a feeling alien to me. It sounds to me like you and possibly Laura are also so profoundly leptin resistant that you don't. And therefore the notion that something that tastes beautiful and delicious and wonderful like a biscuit that happens to be immediately glycolytic might one day not feel like that is completely alien to you because of course you are masters of your own brain and it's only aesthetics and you are master of aesthetics you are not under any control of any hormones that might change the perception of those aesthetics that will never happen so i'm asking you to think a little bit more deeply about this then oh i like it therefore i like it no it's not quite that simple i agree sometimes people go into this kind of virtuous denial yes you have. because they do still like it but they have to pretend they don't yes, you have done that yes you have you like crisps uh, you, you've, you've done it. You're in denial. That's fine, but just don't pretend no, but, you're not. No, but you don't be in you denial see, about you will, being in denial. You will never allow. You will never allow that not to be the case. You love crisps. Don't pretend. And if you didn't, if you weren't, if this weren't rubbish, you wouldn't have the one day a year where you enjoy this stuff and then have to lie to yourself the next day and pretend it wasn't that big of a deal. John, watch watch me this year, uh-huh. and if you watch me last year, how many crisps did I have? I have no idea how many crisps you had. I take photos of everything I eat on my carbnival. I don't have crisps anymore because they're not that interesting. I know they're not. You're always wrong about crisps, but you still want them. Not really, no. I, 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 what I'm attracted to, <sighs> aesthetically, if you want to know what it actually is that I really want, is... Children. I've got enough of that. Fruit. Yeah. Uh, a good watermelon. Uh-huh. And uh, beautiful patis- patis- patisserie. That, those are the things that you can't emulate and that i really would want crisps meh if i really want crisps i can have the quest crisps that are made of pro- the protein crisps and they actually taste fine but crisps no i i agree and i the reason i really lusted after them was it was a completely physiological thing but of course in my mind oh it's just aesthetics i just love the flavor of them no it wasn't in cheesecake? the end cake you don't like cheesecake i can make cheesecake anytime i want to not nice cheesecake you can't if you think that... It, I've made LCHF cheesecakes. The almond bases are revolting. Nothing the base comes is, close to a crushed biscuit base. Nothing. Exactly. But the, notice that. That's very interesting. You are... You're immediate, no, no, no. That, this is very interesting. Notice your aesthetics again. You're immediately drawn to the substrate of that cheesecake that's going to give you the, m- the most glucose bang no, for your buck. my favourite part of a cheesecake is obviously the cheesy topic. Obviously. No, but, but look what you immediately the, focus the, the on. The almond flour base is absolutely destructive to the whole thing. It makes it yeah, really, exactly. really and awful. Exactly. Look, look at that. What a coincidence that that's, that's what's your aesthetic priority. What a complete coincidence. Hmm. Who would have thought it? It doesn't have the right flavour. It doesn't have the right contrast. The creamy topping. It's it doesn't convert to the right fuel. (laughs) 
Anyway, do you I'll think, cure you Becca one Vice day. Becca says, do you think Trump will actually stand a chance? Yes, he stands no. a chance, but he's, Nick thinks he's not going to win. I get 50p if he does. Yeah, he doesn't know. I now, I'm now prepared to say he does not stand a chance. You've, you're now prepared to say that? You've been saying that non-stop for a No, no, I've said it's very unlikely no, it's not going to happen. I've said you it's... liar! You have the bet with your brother, you have the 50p bet with me, you're such a liar, you've been yeah. absolutely... No, 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 John, those are, those are bets. Those are bets. That's where I'm prepared rationally to put my money where my mouth is, but I'm prepared to concede that there is an unlikely possibility that I'm wrong. I'm now not prepared to concede that anymore. I, I'm now because, going to say is that... Is that because, as a contrarian, the polling leave evening out has driven you further in your direction? Trump will... I'm 100%, not 99.9999, I'm 100% certain that Trump will not be the President of the United States. Because... You because, feel it in your gut? No, because the polling doesn't allow it. The polling does. Only it just. It does not. Only just, but does it not. does. It does. No, it does not. It's no, close, it's nonsense. but it does. It does not. You're just, you're just wishful thinking. I'm not wishful thinking. I wish that Trump would become president. Oh, yeah, you, you know that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I'm not happy about this. I think it's very sad. As a big Trump supporter, you must be gutted. It's the most wonderful opportunity for creative destruction I see, we've I had in a generation. You're being wildly optimistic. We said this before, though. We don't want to retread it. No, but that's wild optimism on your part. I think Trump will not win. Stop whinging. Sadly, Hillary will win. We'll have more of the same. A bit more corruption. A bit more poverty increasing in the U.S. Uh, it'll be corporatized ever more, and that's fine. That's what you want, and that's what you're going to get. Is it a good thing or a bad thing that Giuliani has just given up and said he doesn't think you should vote for any women? Woman, I've not heard this. I mean, I don't expect anything decent out of Giuliani. I, 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 I suspect that uh, that's probably uh, a travesty of what he actually said. As much as I don't like the man, I think he didn't say that. And I, again, I'm prepared to bet a lot of money that he didn't say, don't ever vote for any woman. I think that's nonsense. Well, let's find out, shall we? Right. Do you want, le- right. Yeah. Listener, I'll yeah. bet you 50p as well. Okay. Well, can we f- so freaking rich? I beg your pardon. I thought I'm going to be so freaking rich. I hope that's what you said. I said. It is what I said. I wouldn't, I'd never curse. You know me. Curse. That's such an American <laughs> word. Swear is silly though. Cause it means to promise. I'm going to swear an oath. Right. Top Trump advisor Rudy Giuliani referred to the Republican nominee as a man who has this kind of ideologies, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And in the same sentence is, as he called Democratic Hillary Clinton simply a woman. Okay. So we're taking him where he said the same sentence, blah, blah, blah. That's the usual nonsense. Let's see. Uh, what did he actually say? Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. It's nonsense. Go on. Yeah, so it's nonsense. You can't just say that. You need to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> so you've just found out it's not nonsense, have you? Uh, he's yeah. This is this is what he said. Uh huh. Um, the ABC, so Hillary supporter, has reported what he said. He's a genius at how to. This is about Trump. How to take advantage of legal remedies that can help your company survive and grow. I want a man who's a genius at figuring out how to take this country that's moving in the wrong direction where we've had basically jobless recovery where we've had growth of less than two percent he said but in the say but some in the media and on twitter took note of the trump advisor drawing a contrast between a man who is an economic genius and 
a woman. Whereas he said something like, I want a man who is doing X rather than a woman who is trying to do blah, blah, blah. All he did, John, mm-hmm. was the exact same thing that you do to defend your sexism when you shout at women drivers. In other words, just because I happen to mention their sex doesn't make me a sexist. Right. So when you said, you stupid woman, mm-hmm. he's done nothing more than that. I was thinking of you the other day when I was driving and this idiot cut me up and I shouted, you stupid man. And I thought, oh, oh Nick, Nick, I thought of you when that happened. I know you were probably trying very hard. Yeah, no, I was right. That's what happened. I was on my own in the car thinking I must say something out loud. Right. Yes, or, I've got to prove to myself. Or I wasn't lying and it's just what I do. The other day I was so proud of Toby. Uh, a a yeah. motorbike went past with its d- deliberately broken its silencer thing. So it, uh, oh, I hate those. I know I hate them more that. than anything else in the world. They 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 are uh, that I was going to I've been making yeah. a list actually for a future episode of people for whom we should bring back capital punishment. And they are on yeah. that list. Um, well, they certainly won't be. No, let's be more gentle. They won't get island. to Nick oh, Island. Oh, no, no, no. My island, they'll be hanged from the lampposts. Uh, my island doesn't have any motorcycles at all. Well, my island is much more complex than yours. So I bring yes. people on in order to hate them. Sounds um, a lot less Christian. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's much more Christian, I think, if I never look at Christian <laughs> history. Um, okay, yeah. So, uh, anyway, this person went past doing that and far too fast. And Toby, who adores the existence of motorbikes, sort of went back and went, motorbike, very fast fast or fart as he says was he uh, happy about that or and, and he said it like concerned. a big exciting fact oh, and then he said silly man oh good i was so proud of him and he oh, said silly is... man as well and if mm. it had been a woman he would have said silly lady because it's very important silly to, cow. Him to, to inform yeah. me whether people are mans or ladies it's very important for him it... to tell me this apparently of course so uh next question then um, any guest episodes in the works or live shows? Well, yeah, we'd love to do live shows. Live, live shows, live shows. As for guest episodes, I think we've just discussed it. We keep. Yeah, we would if we could have. Um, we'd have to actually have the Pope on if we could be bothered. We we basically we 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 keep batting our guests away and not really arranging them properly. But okay, I'll I'll do my my New Year's resolution will be that we'll have a lovely guest on. Okay, is Elon Musk actually a supervillain? No. Why not? He's building a base on Mars, you fool. Of course he's a supervillain. All the signs are there. He's not a supervillain. He's just another tedious libertarian. No, I think he has some good ideas. But yeah, he but it doesn't change the fact that he's a tedious libertarian. I don't think he actually is a libertarian. Pretty sure he is. Absolutely not. He Most of his uh, most of SpaceX's money comes from NASA contracts. And uh, the only reason that... Um, his car company still survives as it got a massive government loan, which it's now repaid. So that's not the action of a libertarian. Elon Musk makes libertarian argument for carbon tax. Fine. So I make libertarian arguments about plenty of things and make me a libertarian, does it? I'm going to be right about something today. No, you shan't. Today is today is wrong day. <laughs> I found a site that lists the top five libertarian quotes from billionaire Elon Musk. That means he must be. <sighs> okay, let's hear them then. Go on. I can't be bothered. I'm not even going to Nor can I. It. I don't want to give no, him good. traffic. I'm going to look him up on the Wikipedias, though, because that's factually correct. <laughs> Wikipedia, the porn, the internet. 
The Now Show. He describes himself as an American exceptionalist and nationalist. He's not an American exceptionalist. He's South African. He describes himself as nauseatingly pro-American. That's a quote. That's fine. Usually these immigrants are... Self-described, it says here. I've got a link and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, He said, according to Musk, the United States is inarguably the greatest country that has ever existed on Earth. I agree. Describing it as the greatest force for good of any country that's ever been. I agree. Musk outright... The Musk believes outright there would no, be not be democracy in the world if not for the United States. I agree. You do? There's no democracy yes. in the world without the United States? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, what would have happened if the United States hadn't entered the Second World War? Yes, well... There'd be a lot more Japan than there used to be. <laughs> yes. Uh, Japan is actually, I think, the greatest testament to the United States that there is. Yes, was yes, it is. I agree. Pretty damn amazing what happened. Uh, I, uh, th- that they managed to do... You, you got the, a bellicose country that effectively did ancestor worship. There, there was no notion of democracy at all. Uh, nukes it and then turned it into a semi-pacifist... Um, america file democracy it's an astonishing achievement and i think that's what we were all hoping would happen with countries like iraq and afghanistan so those of us who supported the iraq war were hoping that effectively it would what were by now they'd all be drinking root beer and uh, playing baseball like what happened in japan sadly things turned out a little different I was coming at it more from the perspective that of the relate the relationship between them now is extraordinary, bearing in mind their history. No, no, it is, but no, but it's not just the relationship. The transformation of that society was just just from a few years of occupation was astonishing. Elon Musk has argued that the the uh, government should not give provide subsidies to companies. That's very libertarian. Well, he he's taken huge subsidies from the government to both his companies. So I'd like to see that in more detail. OK. Citation needed. Citation 130. Um, it's a Quartz article. Not interested then. <laughs> can we can we have the next question from our listener, please? Uh, what are your thoughts on multiculturalism? Leave that for another episode. It's quite complex. We have discussed it before, though, in some detail. So just go back and listen to every episode of Rundoings until you come come to it. Next question from the same person. What, when and how will humanity achieve immortal lifespans? Impossible because of the second law of thermodynamics. Okay, what about as good as immortal lifespans? As in, what about lifespans that last until the heat death of the sun? You're confusing things. The, the sun, there's not the heat death of the sun. It's the heat death of the universe. What? Oh, blah, blah. Who Fine. cares? I mean the death of the sun. How many years do you want? Uh, just until the sun dies. So, what, about, what, four or five billion more years? Yeah, whatever. Um, when we discover whether consciousness is fungible or not and a way to transfer it without breaking the uh, unity of self-perception... If at that point we can, 
And if we're able to create a self-sustaining system that will keep that consciousness active, even if the society that supports it descends into uh, chaos or goes extinct, then we'll be able to. But that requires effectively that we wrap that consciousness in some sort of tough space capsule and just send it out and just leave it there. Like, like, like the Voyager. Imagine, imagine instead of sending that gold disc with the Voyager, we sent a conscious mind. Although that might be literally hell. So. Yes. No, don't do that. It'll be absolutely legal. okay. Should it be legal, something like that would have should to Should it be legal to kill people who smoke directly adjacent to no smoking signs, or should it be mandatory? Well, they're killing themselves, of course. But, uh, but they're what, killing me it, a little bit too. Well, what I do is I just tell them to stop. Do you? Yes. What, result, what reaction do you get? Most of the time they do. Because, you know, it's very difficult to argue when you're by a sign. Well, there's always the gathering of nurses outside of a hospital entrance by the sign, smoking. Yes. No, I, I, I'm very happy to tell these sorts of people to stop that, yes. And I do. What about people who smoke at all anywhere? Can we kill them? Again, they're doing a very good job on their own. I, I, anybody who smokes is indicating... But John, hold on a moment. That's not fair. No. They just love the taste of smoking. <laughs> I see what you did there, Nick. Mm. Do you have another question? Oh, uh, not a good one. Let's have a bad one. Then. When will is Cheddar Gorge receive Ill E's AOC designation? I'm terrified of the thought of unknowingly eating non-gorge cheese. Uh, I think when we leave the European Union, all that will no longer be applicable to the United Kingdom. So anybody will to call anything cheddar that they want. I'm going to call my Willy cheddar. Yeah, or Brie. Brie will be called cheddar in France, you know, who cares at that point. And a cheddar gorge cheddar is, uh, it's very minimal product these days, isn't it? It's a kind of tourist product. It's not a uh, profoundly uh, mass-produced entity. I don't care. No. Didn't Kyrus give us a question? Did he? Yes. Which makes me wonder where you're finding I'm all on the these tweet non decks. Mm, Your tweet deck doesn't really work, does it? Oh, did he? Oh, no, he did. I yeah. missed it completely. How did I scroll? I even read it. How did I scroll past it? Sorry, Kyrus. You're so vile. Sorry, John. Jonathan. You're so naughty. What's your favourite breakfast food? I, that's why I didn't want to ask it, because it's just going to be Nick saying, oh, I like to eat gravel out the bottom of my shoe. Mmm, it's delicious. Well, I, I, well, worse than that, I, I, quite frequently I don't really feel like breakfast. Uh, and I don't, you know, it used to be, even if you don't feel like breakfast, eat breakfast, because it's the most important meal. Oh, shut up. It's if you don't feel like breakfast, don't eat it. It's the most important meal of the first thing in the morning. Yeah. If you feel like breakfast... Okay, if I really feel like breakfast, then... Um, what I actually want to eat at breakfast depends very much on what I feel like that day. Sometimes it'll be something and not. Sometimes it'll, sometimes it won't be. I mean, when you're in a hotel, you want to have a full fry up, but you don't really want to do that at home most of the time, do you? Well, I would if someone would cook it for me. <laughs> um, but, uh, but then the second part of the question is what do you comfort food? No, I'm not. Um, I'm not letting. I'm going to answer the question too. I'm not just the question asker. And I'm interviewing you. You're not that interesting. Yeah, but your 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 comments are banal. That's You're going to say, "Oh, I like a croissant or them. cereal or That's something." The, otherwise, Nick, if you didn't have my banal bits in between, the people wouldn't get the the high of your bits. <laughs> I know. You're 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 my Ernie White. I truly am. I'm your Sid Little. I, I I wouldn't have been so nasty. 
Well, actually, with little and large, who's being nasty? I mean, they're... exactly, it's clever. Anyway, uh, my favourite breakfast food is at the moment. Any who actually? Mm-hmm. Tesco crispy cooked bacon and uh, dip. That's all I have for breakfast. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, the thing about breakfast food, though, don't you find that your palate does change? Sometimes you'll want something oh, very yeah, yeah. fresh and. And then sometimes you want something greasy. And sometimes the notion of eating anything at all in the morning makes mm-hmm. you feel ill. And then you, uh, and some advice. If you feel that in the morning, just drink your cup of black coffee or whatever and go with it and don't eat because this is what you know, I do. there's it- nothing wrong with doing IF and then have a bigger lunch. I'm a very blessed young man because I work at home. And hmm. so I, I, very often when I start work, I'm not hungry. And so mm-hmm. I just have my breakfast a bit mid-morning. That's fine. The, the longer, if you, if you can regularly uh, configure a sixteen-hour window when you do not eat anything, you'll be doing your digestive and hormonal system a world of good. And it's not as difficult as it sounds because if you, for example, if you eat uh, at seven, if you stop eating at seven p.m., which being with kids we do, well, then I'm done by half six. Well, exactly. Then all that means is uh, start eating again after 11 the next day. It's not that difficult. I mean, skipping breakfast and if you must have 11s, just have 11s. If you can wait till lunch, even better. If you make that a regular habit, your body will thank you. Because you, after a, uh, you, 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 your uh, insulin levels will drop and then all the good stuff will start happening. My favourite thing to have for breakfast, though, in the whole wide world... Cereal or pancakes or whatever, yeah. <sighs> is the cooked breakfast at the Pinecrest Diner or just off Union Square in San Francisco? Yes, I know. And particularly coincidentally, it's the hash browns you mm-hmm. like there. Mm. Not because they are exceptional hash browns, but there's just something about them. <laughs> they are the like best hash browns I've ever had. And But I was going to say the omelettes. Oh, my goodness, they're so good. Uh, a diner omelette is good, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Right, the second half, and we've got to stop because we've been going for over a flipping hour. Uh-huh. Um, what's your best comfort food for when you're feeling really crappy? If you're feeling really crappy... No, well, I, don't what's what, a... I don't want what one should have. I'm asking what your favourite food is. But it depends. What, what what do you mean by crappy, though? Is it If you're feeling physically awful, you're like you're flu no, or something... I'm going emotionally. You're feeling really down in the dumps. If you're feeling really down in the dumps, uh, food isn't going to help that much. Oh, sadly. you're so tiresome. Just answer the stuffing question. But it isn't, is it? Be honest. Yes, it's not. I'm a comfort eater, so of course it is. Do you really get... And, and how long does that comfort last you, then? Until I get to the bottom of the tub of ice cream. Well, exactly. It doesn't really... It doesn't help that no, much. It gives also, you a, a, a tub of ice cream, as I learnt to my cost recently, completely triggers my gallstone, so... What is that? So you've got short... So, yeah, you'll have a very short-term hedonic response, but... Uh, OK, so what would I go to... Genuinely, if I'm feeling down, and this is, again, it sounds horribly virtuous, but if I'm feeling down, yeah. then I will reach out, reach out to do something physical, like go run really fast. And that's happened when I've, when I had a really bad problem with a, with a customer who was messing us about and I was really stressed. And I said, that's screwed. And I just ran as fast as I can. Was it Jim? And the was runner's high. No, nothing, nothing to do with you. Runners high is is the way to the way I do. Whether I I, I start manufacturing my 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 own um, opioids, imagine, which I find very effective. Imagine that but, you were an earthly human. What would your favourite food be for? Which no, but but then again, sometimes what 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 do I find comforting? Well, you want a gastric well, if, treat. If I feel if if I'm ill, then culturally, of course, I will have chicken soup. 
Um, if I uh, and bone broth is very comforting. Oh, I actually. knew it. You couldn't say chicken soup without. It's like oh, but what I much prefer is is thin gravy. Mmm. Bone broth is very comforting. I'm sorry about that. Uh, not not yeah. Maybe your thin gravy that you make, but I I like to we strain some for- rainwater through some soil. Forty-eight. Cook it for forty-eight hours in a slow cooker until the bones are almost dissolving. Anyway, that's very good. But okay, what's actually just comforting in the traditional sense? Get some good quality Greek yogurt. Get some uh, crush some chocolate into that lint ninety something. That's frozen. This is important. Frozen lint ninety. Some frozen pecan nuts. And then as many berries as you want and mix the, mix that all together and then pour on a generous amount of cinnamon and mix it all together. Uh, uh, and then you've got something that I find very comforting you've, and delicious. You've Stockholm syndrome yourself into finding delicious. Oh, I'm sorry that I do. <laughs> it's a treat. Yeah, it's a treat. Mmm, you've replaced all the nice things with uh, a, a not nice equi- a sort of equivalent and mixed it in a Like bowl. what? Like what? But you don't like cinnamon, you don't like berries, like you don't cinnamon, like but it's pecan on its nuts. Own, the reason people don't eat, the reason it's a challenge you don't like chocolate. a cinnamon on its own is because it's quite so overpoweringly well, I'm not eating it on its own, I'm having cinnamon, chocolate, uh, yogurt with uh, berries and all, and the thing is, and, and of course pecan nuts. Pecan nuts have a lovely flavour. Oh, you Pe- sound, you, I just wish you could hear how much you sound like a cultist. I eat that stuff and the, I, I like the flavour of it. Again, I'm sorry about that yeah, if it upsets your palate. Three years ago, you didn't. And that's what's so frustrating about this. It's why it's so cultish. Well, sorry about that. I shall try my best to learn to love Apple Jacks again for you. You should, because you enjoyed them and it made you happy. Mm, not really. I was a bit disappointed in last because I think they, they reduced the sugar in them, so they weren't quite <laughs> as sweet as I wanted them to be. I think this is just uh, a gigantic response to your fear of mortality. Colossal uh, no, mortality. Oh, of, course, of course I'm going to be fighting the dying of the light, but uh, I'm not going to say the, the light won't die, but I'm, it's, it's more that I wish to... But you're like running around in the light with shades and then a blindfold no, over the top. I wish to... I wish oh, to, my light's going to uh, run out. I better not look at it. I will die, but I wish before I die to be a good grandfather who is healthy and able to play with his grandkids. I, wa- I want that, and that's why I don't want to eat myself to destruction. It's what stops me from being so useless. But I, but, but, but I am a, a genuinely a hedonic person. If I find that something is irreplaceable, then I'm not going to pretend that uh, I'm happy about it. I'm not an ascetic at all. I think your wife is so much more honest about this. She does works really hard to stick to this, too, but she's honest about how much she wants to eat a delicious cake. Not not cake. She's reputed. She she she. What she likes is um, what are those things? The panda biscuity things from the uh, from uh, from from the Japanese supermarket. The, the, no idea. This, we don't have such culture around these ways. Yeah, it's a pity. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, comfort, comfort. Also, I mean, comforting. Obviously, yeah, cheesecake is the traditional Golden Girls comfort food, isn't it? I, still, I love cheesecake. If you wanted a traditional comfort, eat anything that's high fat, high sugar. You'll feel the immediate hit. Uh, 
just do that, I guess. But I, I wouldn't recommend it necessarily. Uh, if you want to feel... No, actually, what really brings me comfort is something quite atavistic. If there's a joint of lamb or something left over in the fridge, and it's it's actually the bone, and people have seen me do this, I, I absolutely adore gnawing the bone like a dog and pulling the bits off it, and I, I, I absolutely adore doing when that. When did so you I think... discover you enjoy gnawing bones, Nick? Was it in the last three years, by any chance? Oh, no, no, I've always done that. I can I can I can swear on the record that Nick has always enjoying enjoyed putting entire cubes of ice into his mouth and then crunching them. Oh yes, oh you've got it. Gosh, no, you've got it. Judith and I, yes, absolutely for comfort eating. Yep. Judith and I enjoy crunching ice, <laughs> which is apparently there's an urban legend that that means if you enjoy crunching ice that it means that you're uh, sexually frustrated but i hope that's not why judith is doing it <laughs> that's a good dig at victoria there uh no no I've no it's recently, not recently i heard that no, there's no there's no issues there but i just enjoy don't you enjoy crunching no, ice? i don't i find it absolutely terrifying just you watching mean? you do it makes my teeth climb back up in the gums I went. I went to the dentist. Fine. I know so. you've got magic teeth. <laughs> magic teeth. Yes. Uh, yeah. I heard that an urban. What I hadn't heard recently. Apparently, people believe that if you put conkers in the corner of your room, the spiders won't come in. What? Earth? I, know. I said this to Laura, and I went, "Oh yeah, yeah." My grandparents used to think that. I'm now happy that spiders do come in because well, they, the, they, the they eat the midges and the mosquitoes yes. for me. I don't. I am scared of spiders, but I'm glad they're in the house. Exactly. It's a bit like police. I don't, you know. <laughs> I, you know. Yes. <laughs> eight-legged, eight-eyed policemen. Indeed. You wouldn't trust them. <laughs> you certainly wouldn't trust. If, you, if one of the spiders in your house did something disreputable... I wouldn't yes. trust a spider from the neighbor's house to do the investigation. No, exactly. But I, I on the other hand, a society with no spiders yes, at all exactly. is even more problematic. Exactly. Yeah. I'm teaching I'm working really hard to teach Toby to not be scared of any bugs. I'm fighting the whole stupid wasp nonsense getting him to like wasps. That's that's Ditto. Um, and Shall I, we say goodbye to the listeners? It's been one hour and ten oh minutes. Oh my goodness. Work oh, dear me. What a load of old rubbish. Yes, it is. Clang, bang, clang. Bye-bye. Bye.